Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. hope was that you all would, would begin to have a lifestyle of prayer where, 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 where when you wake up in the morning, you give God your greatest hour, the first hour before you get up. All right. Create that discipline in your life. I want to stretch us now. We often come to church every week. No matter what church we go to, we can expect certain elements to occur. Am I right about it? You can expect to go in any church in America for the most part. And they're going to have somebody or some people singing. Am I right about it? You can go to just about any church in America and go in there, and you're going to have at least one person that's going to do what we call preaching, right, or sharing a message. Those are both elements of this process that we call worship. And and I'm going to take you all for the next several weeks, and we're going to unpack what it really means to worship. See, here's what I want to tell you. Preaching and singing, those are actually just stimuli to get into a true place of worship. In other words, singing and preaching are just tools to help us get into the place of worship. And so over these next several weeks, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about why we worship. What is worship? Is it, is it really just singing and, and shouting? Is it preaching? Does it have to happen in the church? Does it happen only on Sunday? We're going to talk about all of that. I'm even going to share some historical things with you. And by the end of this, at some point, you all will be musici- musicians. I have something fun I'm going to do over the next couple of weeks. So y'all get ready. I'm not going to tell you when it happens because some of y'all might not come because I'm going to make you do something. So we just going to do it. Y'all going to show up and be like, what is going on? Like, like I did Sam when he thought I was going to wash his feet. This series is entitled Awakening. And, 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 and the whole purpose is that, we, that at the end of this series, there's a, an awakening within you for worship. That your understanding of worship changes that, that how you worship becomes deeper, that, that, that the way you worship now is totally different. At the end of this, I'm praying that something awakens in you, whether it's your understanding of worship, how you worship, when you worship, that something awakens in you to begin to live a lifestyle built around worship. I just want to tell you, worship is not a moment. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's an everyday 
every minute, every hour, every week. It's an all-the-time occurrence. Sometimes you can worship in your sleep and don't even know it, and you wake up just hallelujah Worship is a lifestyle, and I pray that at the end of this, that your lifestyle looks a lot like all the stuff that I'm sharing with you. What is worship? True worship is a heartfelt expression of love, adoration, admiration, fascination, wonder, and celebration. It's something that happens in your heart and soul when you begin to praise God for who he is and thank him for what he has done. There is power in ritual. I began talking about no matter where you go in America or in this world, every Sunday, if you go to a church, you can expect certain elements to definitely be a part of that church. And here we are. This is what we do. We gather weekly in the place, this building, this room, this cafetorium called church. And there are rituals that we do. We, 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 we get up here, we gather weekly to worship God, and we, 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 we sing together. We proclaim God together. I finish it off and, you know, affirm what we sang about with the message. It's ritual. Now, how we do it changes. Sometimes we may have different elements. We may have video up there that, that tells you what to sing, and we may open up the sermon with a, a different video buffer. How we do it changes. Sometimes we may have a poet involved in it, or we may have a, a different style of, mu- of music or worship music. We may have a full band. We may have a, an entire choir. How we worship changes, but the ritual is the same. And I want to tell you this. There's power in ritual. Because every time we come together and perform this ritual, we get stronger. This ritual confirms and affirms who we are. It defines our DNA as a church even. It makes us stronger when we've had a rough week and we come to this place and perform this ritual weekly called worship. But then there's a downside of it. Anything that's ritualistic can become mundane. huh? Anything that's just repetitive and doesn't change after a while can become boring. It doesn't have significance. The holiness of the whole purpose of that thing is gone because it has become so ritualistic. But what I want to draw our attention to is the power of ritual. It's, it's, it's okay to have these rituals, it, 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 but it requires us for this to not become mundane. It requires us to do something special. My greatest hope is that this awakening changes how you think and how you feel about worship. The, the, the key scripture that we're going to read today, and it's pretty long, so I'm going to read it to you. Try to stay awake, if you will. If I could sing, I would sing it because that's how they did it in its original context and form. But I won't do that. I'll just read it to you, and I'll try to put my berry white on to keep you entertained this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The, the, the scripture we're going to have is Psalm 147, and this is a, a, a hymn written by uh, the psalmist, and it says this, and this is what I'm going to use to preach on. It says, praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. He is power. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. 
sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with the harp. He covers the heavens with clouds and provides rain for the earth, and he makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, 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 no. The Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Oh, glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gate and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. He sends his order to the world. How swiftly is his word fly, does his word fly. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who stands against his freezing cold? Then it is his command that it all melts. And then he sends his winds and the ice thaws. And he has revealed his words to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. Oh, he has not done this for any other nation that do not know his regulations. Oh, my brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a word, a Hebrew word, that, 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 that simply defines what we mean when we say praise. And that word is hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now, 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 the word hallelujah is broken up into two parts. There's the, the first part, the, the, the front part of it, which is called the hallel. And hallel means to praise Okay, Hallel means to praise. To, the word praise, if it's translated into Hebrew, means to boast or brag or give something special circumstance, to place something high above anything else. The word praise means to boast. We'll just say that today. Praise means to boast. So you got the Hallel and then the Luya means to praise Jehovah, to praise our mighty God. Hallelujah. Praise unto God. Hallelujah, praise unto God. In other words, praise meaning boast. We boast about our God. We boast about how beautiful and wonderful he is. We boast, we brag, we lift him up higher than anything else. Our God, we praise our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When we come together in worship, that is exactly what we're doing. We're not coming together in worship for show. We're not coming together for worship just to feel good. We're coming together for worship to boast about our God. When we get into the face of God, we should all be in A-W-E, all. Why? Because the fact that you're sitting in your seat, you have a reason to praise him. You have a reason to shout. Check this out. One day, we don't even have to have music or songs. We can just begin to praise in our own language, and he, God, can interpret it. Because all we're doing when we come together is praising him. Let me say this. We don't need a favorite jam to get into his presence. And I want to tell you, if you get into this place and you're waiting for your favorite song to be sung before you start to open your mouth and give him praise, baby, you in the wrong place. That's what the club is for. If you're looking for a song to get you in the mood, put on Beyonce because we don't need a song to get us in the mood to get in the presence of our God. 
All right, all right, okay. This is what I want to share with you all today if you're taking notes. Why and what and when and how do we praise God? The first note is, we hallelujah the beauty of God. We hallelujah the beauty of God. Psalm 147, verses 3, 4, 8, and 9. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them by name. He covers the heavens with clouds and provides rain for the earth and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. We hallelujah the beauty of God. Isn't it amazing how God can take all of these planets, just throw them in the atmosphere? They stay there without ever falling. Huh? They, 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 they rotate, but they don't never shift from their axis. They stay in that place. How wonderful our God is. How wonderful our God is to take all of these different stars, throw them in the sky, know them by name, give them each individual characteristics of their own. Some of them actually move a little bit, but he said one star will stay there forever. So centuries and centuries and centuries, people would never be lost. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, it's the North Star. See, he put that star there. It's the brightest star. It's the only star out of all of the thousands of stars out there that does not move. It stays there, and it's been a guiding directive for people for centuries ago. Before there was the compass, before there was GPS, there was the North Star. Is that not beautiful? How he can put these beautiful, gorgeous mountains up uh, uh, for us to see and, 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 and marvel at the beauty of them. But right in that mountain where it could be cold at the very top, he puts a pasture for animals to feed on. What a wonderful God. One of my favorite things is, is, is my wife will attest, is uh, snorkeling and scuba diving. And I remember going, uh, I think we were in the Bahamas. No, it was Curacao. We were in Curacao. This is when we had money. I know that's a little far back. But when we used to have money, we went uh, to Curacao for our honeymoon, and we went uh, snorkeling, and uh, I decided to do a free dive. If you don't know what a free dive is, I don't have on a, a pack or whatever. There was a, a ship that, that sank. It was a shipwreck that they had there, and I saw it, and, and the man pointed it out. So I just had my snorkel gear on. I just dove free dive, no tank or nothing. I just got lungs like that, you know. And so anyway, I dove down to see how close I could get. But here's the beauty of it. While I was there, something told me to be cognizant of where I was. And I began to look, and I'm like, it's quiet as heck out here. It's beautiful in here. Look at these gorgeous fish of different colors and different features and, and different textures just swimming by. It was so peaceful. It was so beautiful. And I began to praise God even under the water. I mean, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to drown and I had to preserve my oxygen. But I was praising him, you know, in a silent way, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. but it was so beautiful. And I, had, and I said to myself, only God could create something this beautiful. Only God, this man can't even get under the water to create the beautiful coral that created little holes and nooks and homes for the fish that were there. Only God can do that. 
Man has tried to copy that, but it hasn't been as successful as what God has created. And I'm looking and I'm saying, wow, and I'm worshiping him. And then I get up and come up for air, and there's the party boat that we came in to go scuba, and they pumping all of the, you know, Caribbean music and offering rum punch and everything. And you're like, oh, man, I want to go back down there because it was so peaceful. Those fish weren't worrying about if we were going to even drop a line. The fish had no idea we were on the boat partying. The fish were just like going about their business. And it says only God can create that. I grew up uh, in Buffalo, New York, which is only 15 to 20 miles away from one of the greatest wonders of the world, Niagara Falls. And, you know, I never appreciated how wonderful Niagara Falls was until I became an adult, was away from it, and then went back. Let me explain. Growing up, being that close to Niagara Falls, we see it all the time. Matter of fact, when I got my license for the first time, one of the first things I did was drive all the way up to Niagara Falls just to see if I could do it. And, and, then, and then when I got, you know, when I thought I was a so-called Casanova, that's where I went on dates, you know, so we can look at the flaws and, you know, all of that stupid stuff, you know. But never really appreciated what the falls really were. Seriously. When I became an adult and I began to read about it and, and, and I was ready to take my son, Jakai, on his first trip to my hometown, I took him and my nephew to the falls. And we went to Niagara Falls. And, and, and we did the boat thing. So the boat takes you, you're right there in the falls, you get very close, and the water comes out on you and all of this stuff. I'm on this boat with people of different races, people from different countries, people with even different religious uh, beliefs. And so we're on this boat, and we're all on there, and people speak in all kind of languages. They come from all over the world to see Niagara Falls. And we get close to the falls, and the falls are coming down. We're getting wet. And as we get closer, all of a sudden, this sister next to me, she was Christian because she began speaking. First, she's like, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And then she starts speaking in tongues, mama say, mama say, mama say, and all that stuff. I don't know how to do it. But she was going in on it, right? And so then I'm like, oh, go, sister, go. And then, and then the Muslim people over here, they were saying their thing. And then there were some Hindu people behind me, and they were saying their thing. It's like everybody, no matter what their religious belief was, was praising this because they knew that man could not create something this extraordinary. Man could not create something this beautiful, this majestic. So in all the different languages and all the different beliefs, they were praising a higher power that they knew had to create this. Man couldn't create something so beautiful. So when we worship, we're worshiping the beauty of a creative God who created this stuff for us to marvel in and look at. We're, we're, we're worshiping uh, 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 the beauty of a forgiving God that forgave all of us. When we worship, we're, we're worshiping a God that is a healer. When, when, when we worship, we're worshiping a God that is a redeemer. See, God can take all the stuff from your past, even though it looks jacked up, messy, and unusable. And he says, you know what? Thank God I have a recycling bin. Let me go ahead and recycle that and make it redeemable so you can use it to glorify me today. We serve that kind of God. So when we come to a place of worship, we begin to worship that type of God for all of his beauty. There is beauty not just in nature, but beauty in your life when he made those things of your past redeemable. Oh, my God. There's no way we should come into the place of God and not experience that type of worship and awe. My goodness, my goodness, I'm excited. I'm excited. The second thing we do when we come to worship. We hallelujah the beauty of God. Say that. Hallelujah the beauty of God. 
we also hallelujah the strength of God. Secondly, we hallelujah the strength of God. Psalms 147, 10 and 11 says this. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. I said a lot with that. I said a lot with that. I got to read that again because that was good. He says, he takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse. Y'all do know that before we had the caterpillar, and if you don't know the caterpillar, that's the tractors. And before we had John Deere, there was the strong and mighty horse. And he's saying, God is not delighted in the power of anything here on earth. I don't care if you cock diesel, Mr. Universe, and Mr. World, or whatever you are. You are not as impressive in terms of your strength as God is in terms of his. I don't care how much you work out. I don't care how much you can bench. What my God can do is 10 times infinity more than what you can do on your own might. So God says, I delight in your, in, I don't, I'm not fascinated by what you can do. I'm fascinated by those who fear me. Can I tell you what fear the Lord means? It's not being scared. Like, oh, I'm so scared of you, God. No, fear him means to honor him, reverence him, put him first in all the decisions, put him first in your life. As a matter of fact, if there's anything you can't do, then you need to put it in him. I'll tell you one thing. I was scared to take that walk. I said, I'm not going to make it. I've never done this before. I've I've never, I think the maximum I've done, I've run three miles, you know, when I do jog, but I've never done, you know, more than three. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never tested myself. But we're walking along, and there's a song. Tia, put this song on real quick. Uh, it's in the list. I'm sorry, I'm off script here. But it's, it, it's, it's uh, right here, right here. We're walking. Yes, we were walking, and he played this song. We were on Bankhead. No, no, no. It's Give Me You. Give Me You. Give Me That. Yeah. That's not it. There it is. Listen Give to me you. So I'm walking along. Everything else can wait. My brother Terrence, his knees are gone. Give me you. We're walking along. Me and his trainer on each side of him. Lord, We're at Bankhead and AT Homes. We're tired. Lord, give me you. I can't make it on my own, but God, we're going to make it with you. Let us. I can't do it on my own strength, God. Give me you. Give me you. My legs Everything are tired. I'm about to quit. I know I got seven miles you. left. But God, hope not too late. give me you. Give Lord, me you. Give me Lord, give me you. Go ahead and cut that. Lord, Go ahead and cut that. And that's what happens when we get in dilemmas in life. That's what happens when we can't figure our way out of life sometimes. That's what happens when we hit the end of the road and we're like, God, all I got is you. So, Lord, in this moment, it's your strength I rely on. Give me. When we hallelujah, we're hallelujah in his strength because we couldn't do it on our own. And God delights in that. So when we fear him, we're not afraid of him. We're honoring him. We're turning to our one source that we know beyond anything else can get us through. He's much stronger than we ever imagined. Lord, give me you. Wow. 
And yesterday I was able to witness this firsthand. We had to carry my brother all the way to the finish line. Knees were gone, had been walking since 4 a.m. And he puts this phone on and he's got it. I'm holding him and the, and the trainer's holding him. Lord, give me you. And all of a sudden we perked up. Lord, give me you. The limp was gone. Lord, give me you. And we made it. Not by our own strength. By God's strength. Watch this. I'm going to make it personal. When we come to this place of worship, I don't care what the worship team is singing. I want you to be singing your song. Whatever that song is, Lord, thank you. If that's your song, thank you. Lord, help me. If that's your song, sing it. I don't care what the worship team is singing. You sing your song. Lord, I made it because of you. Lord, thank you for lifting me. Lord, for Thank you for interceding on my behalf. Sometimes when we pray, we don't know what to say, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf with groans for us. Sometimes we don't even know what we're saying when we're praying. We're mumbling things, but the Holy Spirit is sent to intercede on our behalf. So when we don't have any words, sometimes yes and thank you is enough. Whatever your song is singing, don't worry about what's playing. Don't worry about what the pastor is going to preach about. Sometimes it could be, Lord, give me you. Sing your song. Begin to think about where you are and where you were. Don't let a particular song prohibit you from getting in the face and experiencing God like never before. How dare you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Sing your song when the worship team is singing. Now, don't try to sing louder than them, but just sing your song. There has to be some order. Amen. Especially if you don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. Lord said, make a joyful noise. May not be so pleasant to your neighbor. But sing your song. Get in the face of God. When we do that, here we go. We hallelujah. We hallelujah. The beauty of God. Say that with me. We hallelujah. The beauty of God. We hallelujah. The strength of God. Here's the final one. We hallelujah the faithfulness of God. We hallelujah the faithfulness of God. Psalms 147 verses 19 and 20 says this. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his regulations. Ooh. When I read that, I made it personal. He has revealed his words to my great-grandparents who prayed for me. They understand his decrees and regulations. Then, then this is the part that got me. He has not done this for any other person except for Broderick. Mm. Because nobody else knows his regulations. However God has blessed you. Nobody else has been blessed the same way. I guarantee it. He may have brought them through a similar storm, but nobody has received the exact same blessing that you have in your life. It's unique. It's custom made just for you. It's designed with your name on it, period, end of discussion. He has blessed nobody the same way he has blessed you. There's a blessing just with your name on it. I used to think that was just a song and very cliche until I realized that each of us are blessed in unique ways. He's done some things specifically just for you. Now, let me, let me, let me talk about this scripture a little bit. I like to teach y'all some things so y'all can say y'all learned something today, right? Here it is. When he says he has revealed his words to Jacob, 
his decrees and regulations to Israel, watch this. He delivered the people of Israel from the bondage of the Egyptians. From there, he gave them fertile land to start anew. From that group of people, he sent his son to come here and live with us. From the Israelites was born the son of man, Jesus Christ. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says in Galatians, just so you know, because some of y'all sitting there like, well, I'm not an Israelite. I don't, I don't, I'm not a people of Israel. That doesn't apply to me. Watch this. The Bible says in Galatians 3 that the real nation of Israel is not specific to a group of people or a geographic place, but the community of all who believe and obey God. In other words, the same way that God delivered those people in the Bible called the Israelites, you are modern-day Israelites. He'll deliver you from whatever you need to go through. He'll deliver you from whatever calamity you find yourself in. He'll deliver you from whatever desert you may be in. He'll deliver you in the same way. In other words, let me make it plain. Whatever was available to them is available to you. When? Today. When? Right now. Instantly. Right now. It's not a story about what he did. He is the same God for all of us today, no matter what it is. I know this Bible was just talking about them, but it's not. Galatians confirms that this is available to even us, to even us today. Here's what I want to share with you. We are all burdened with an unquenchable desire for more. All of us in here want more of something today. I guarantee it. Every single individual, the baby that sleep wants something more. We are all burdened with it. It's in us, the desire to want more. And it's an unquenchable thirst. You know why it's unquenchable? You ready for it? Because we look for more in stuff. When all that we need, the more that we need is give me you. Lord, give me you. Give me more of you. That's my daily prayer. I don't want more money. I don't want more house. I don't want more members. I don't want more ownership of anything. I definitely don't want no more babies. I want more of you. My wife is saying hallelujah. I want more God. More of him. God is a faithful God. I dare somebody to raise their hand and say, you know what? He let me down back in this such and such time. And I'll say, no, he didn't let you down. He just pressed pause. He hasn't let you down. If I read that Bible and believe it from the beginning all the way to maps, and I look very hard in there and I can search, I don't ever recall him breaking a promise that he's ever made to anybody. Some people had to wait 40 years, 100 years, a little longer. But it happened. Only God can make an old woman and an old man beyond their years have a baby naturally. No in vitro. No, 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 no. This was natural. They did what they were supposed to do and it happened. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. I saw the other day on the, this morning, I think it was on the news, a 106-year-old man celebrated his birthday today. This dude's still bench pressing, still going to the gym, 106 years old. I said, he might make it to Moses' age if he keep it up. I just saw that. Only God can give that kind of life. And I guarantee if they interviewed the brother, faith was somewhere in there. 
It wasn't just what he's doing at the gym that's giving him longevity. I guarantee faith was involved in there. There was some type of spirituality in his life that kept him going. I guarantee it. I bet you it was. I bet you it was. Here's the thing. We all worship something, whether it's your favorite sports team, your, your, your college team, uh, your, your boo, your jam, your song. But I dare you today to worship God. Let's give all of our worship to him. It's easy, actually. It's easy. It doesn't require a worship leader. It doesn't require a worship team. It doesn't require any of that. Go on ahead and give him the worship. This is the final thing. I think we got it wrong where we're always inviting God in. Here's what Francis Chan said. He's an incredible author and pastor. I love him to death. He says this. He says, we can never grow closer to God when we just live life. It takes deliberate pursuit and attentiveness. See, instead of waiting for God, we need to be chasing after him. We need to be going after God. We need to be saying, Lord, give me you. No musicians this time. T, I want that song to play again. Give me you. Give me you. No musicians this time. Bring it down just so I can say a few words, then we'll crank it up. I want you all to get into a place where you are authentically worshiping God. Where you are, whenever you come into this place, and, and, and I love to hear y'all singing. Y'all sound like angels, so pretty, so beautiful. But I want you to encounter him. Encounter him where there's no song, where the music stopped playing. You didn't even know it because you're encountering him. I remember early in my faith where that happened, and I was just like, when the music started up, I wanted to say, shut up, because I'm having a moment here. And that music is disturbing what me and God have going on because this thing is on fire right here. There's electricity flowing here. I don't want, shut up music, let me praise my God all by myself. And I want you all to have that encounter. I want you guys to dig and press through whatever barriers there are in your life. William, you can have a seat. I want you guys to press through whatever whatever obstacles that are in your way from having a real encounter. You can push your way through this morning. I want you to experience God like you've never, ever before. I want him to be totally wrapped around you. I want you to begin to ask him in your heart. Give me you. What comes out of our heart, the overflow of our heart is authentic worship. The overflow from our heart is authentic worship. The Bible says cry out. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Go ahead, crank it a little bit. Go ahead, ask God for more. Everything else can wait. Yes, Lord.
thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.